And it is Jesus that makes today truly glorious. Welcome to the Echoes of Calvary, a radio ministry of Calvary Bible Church. We are so glad to have you with us this morning. Today, Pastor Elliot takes us back to our study of Romans chapter 7. Have you come to see that your spiritual disciplines are privileges and not a performance for God? Do which yourself Christian living is a shame. We are to live with a thank you kind of life after we are saved. And now, with his message for today, is our pastor, Robert Elliott. So please hear me. The shame of Romans 7, 7 to 14, is the disappointing fact that many true Christians decide to re-engage themselves with the law that Jesus disengaged them from when he fulfilled it for them. Now this re-engagement with the law as a basis for almost self-justification and self-sanctification, this reattachment, re-engagement with the law that we can do as born-again Christians is really as easy as falling off of a log. Ever tried to stand on a log? It's so easy to fall off. And it's so easy for us to re-engage ourselves with God's law, thinking that if we can just re-engage ourselves with God's law, that we'll make ourselves acceptable to God. But Jesus made us acceptable to God. This tendency we have, all of us have, to re-engage with the law, we almost don't even have to think about it. It's a default position. It's the position to choose to reattach ourselves to the weight belt of religious duties and performances so as to somehow please God. For example, now listen carefully and listen to everything I'm saying here. For example, attending church and witnessing and giving financially and praying and fellowshipping with other believers. Of course, all of these things are good, but they are not cold, wooden performance hoops that we are to jump through so as to get more of God's attention or love. Do you hear what I said? It's not that attending church, witnessing Christ, giving financially, praying, or fellowshipping with other believers are wrong things. They're perfectly right things. But if you base how you understand your acceptance by God in those things, then you have a problem. All of these things attending church and witnessing and giving financially and praying and fellowshipping with other believers, all of these things are wonderful spiritual disciplines. And as such, they're good. All of these things God never meant for us to be involved in, to be some cold, wooden, lifeless, performance-based acceptance kind of hoops that he wants us to jump through and then, oh, I'll love her more now. We have God's attention, grace, mercy, and love in fullest measure when we have Christ. When God looks at you as a believer, he sees you robed in Christ's righteousness, accepted in the beloved. Nothing you could do would cause him to love you more than he already does. And nothing you could do would cause him to love you less. That's grace. And we live out of grace. We live out of Christ-based acceptance with God. We don't live out of performance-based acceptance with God. 
And these things of attending church like we are this morning and witnessing Christ to lost people and giving cheerfully financially to the ministries of this church and praying and fellowshipping with other believers, all of these things are joyous disciplines. They are not loveless to-do lists. They are not loveless to-do lists. These are not loveless to-do lists that somehow barge into our fellowship with God as he seated us at his table. Revelation 3.20. It's principally not a salvation verse because it was written to believers in an ancient church. Jesus says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come in to him and sup with him and he with me. Jesus wants to fellowship with you at the dining room table that he set up after you were saved. And that fellowship is based on his fulfillment of God's law and then him giving us his righteousness. And then we live a thank you kind of life out of Jesus' righteousness and sure standing with God. We live a thank you kind of life. And that thank you kind of life back to God involves attending church. It involves witnessing. It involves giving financially. It involves praying. It involves fellowshipping with other Christians. But these are not the engine. These are the caboose. The engine is Christ's work for us, completed on the cross, as evidenced by an empty tomb of resurrection. And now we do not have to perform to be loved by God. We have to receive that acceptance in Christ and then live a thank you kind of life. And so attending church and witnessing and giving financially and praying and fellowshipping, they're privileges, huge privileges that are rooted in tremendous, vast divine grace. And that divine grace, by definition, involves the blood-bought child of God, son or daughter of God, growing, growing an everlasting relationship with the Savior, a living God. And these spiritual disciplines are not to be done in order to somehow promote God loving us. He's proven he loves us. You can ask Jesus, how much do you love me, Jesus? And you can see his hands on the cross, his wounds bleeding, and he would say, I love you this much. And so I've told you before, but it helps me if God had a wallet. Your picture would be in his wallet. My kids' pictures are in my wallet not because they perform to a certain level, but because of my relationship with them and I love them. If God has a wallet and you're saved, then figuratively speaking, your picture is in God's wallet. And these wonderful spiritual disciplines are privileges of relationship which are to be done with grateful, loving response. Nobody should be putting money on the plane saying, ah. Nobody should be going into a ministry and saying, it's my duty. No, it's your privilege. It's your privilege. Now, our Christian lives are to be lived out thank you notes to God. And in sharp contrast, our Christian lives are never to be, because I performed for you, God, you give me dot, dot, dot. And so please mark it down that that kind of living where you tell God with a bit of a chip on your shoulder like the prodigal's brother, his older brother had a chip on his shoulder, when you say to God, because I performed for you, God, you owe me this. That really is Christian manipulation of God and it doesn't work. 
And so the shame we're seeing in verses 7 to 14 of Romans 7 is the shame of do-it-yourself sanctification. The, sa- the shame of DYI sanctification. Believers, the Christian life is not Home Depot. You can do it. We can help. We can't do it. We can't walk holy in ourselves. We can't walk thankful in ourselves. We can't do it. So God gave us the Holy Spirit at the point of conversion so he would do it through us, so he would express the life of Jesus Christ through us, so he would produce joy and obedience and gratefulness and eagerness to serve the risen king. Oh, it's not Home Depot. You can do it. We can help. No, it isn't. We can't do it. God the Father, God the Holy Spirit can help our sanctification. And so the shame again, to state it again, the shame of sanctification as presented in Romans 7, 7 to 14, is the shame of fighting the principle of sin, the law of sin and death, apart from the power of the indwelling Holy Spirit. You heard about the fellow who lived in Pennsylvania who had a lot of trees to fell in the fall. This time of the year up there, they're cutting down dead trees to make them into firewood and They've done that the year before, and they've dried the wood. They can burn it this uh, winter to keep them warm. You heard about the guy in Pennsylvania who went uh, back to the Home Depot where he bought his chainsaw, and all of his hands were bandaged from this tip of this finger to his elbow, and he said, do you have anything that undoes do it yourself? There are a lot of people walking around with bandaged arms because they've tried to live the Christian life themselves. This passage calls us to undo the DUII sanctification to stop trying to declare yourself separated and set apart for God in your own efforts, in your own smarts, your own resources. you got to undo do-it-yourself sanctification. Thanks, Pastor Rob, for your message today. And now it's time for Youth Talk with Pastor Nicholas Rogers. Good morning. This is Pastor Nicholas. Today we're going to pick up on Jesus and relationships. How do we play a peacemaker in relationships? Last week we talked about how For us as believers, we need to recognize that murder is not just something that when we when somebody is killed, but as a believer, if we say that we hate someone, if we have anger in our hearts against someone, then we have committed murder in our hearts already. And this morning, we want to pick up on Jesus' Sermon on the Mount as he continues to talk about what we must do. And he says this in Matthew 5, verse 23 says, So if you are offering your gift on the altar, and there you remember that your brother or sister has something against you. Leave your gift there in front of the altar. First and go reconcile with your brother or sister, and then come quickly to offer your gift. You see, this passage of Scripture is, is so key to, to us in our church and our relationship because it is telling us that even if we don't have something against someone, but we know of a person who has something against us, we need to make things right with that person. You see, we can't fully worship God if we have relationships that are broken. Now, you may be listening to this and you may say, well, what do I do when a person doesn't accept my forgiveness or accept what I'm saying to them? What I would say to you is that you need to make sure the Bible talks about it. We need to do whatever we can to make peace with that person. We need to go whatever step we can go. You see, there are too many times in our lives where we consider that when people have something against us, we just cut them off. Or we have something against them, we just cut them off, and we want nothing to do with them. But the Bible is very clear that we need to try to mend those relationships. We need to try to make sure that what we are doing is to bring honor and glory to God. You see, with all the negativity around us and people throwing things at us, 
We need people in our lives to encourage us. So as Jesus is saying here that we need to make sure that before we come to him and come to worship him, we need to make sure that our relationships with other people are in line, that everything is good. And I know this is very hard for us because we don't know everyone who has something against us. We don't know people who don't like us. And I'm gonna, am I going to tell you that everyone's going to like you? No, because that's another story because if everyone loves you and likes what you're doing, then you have to ask yourself, what are you doing? Because as a believer, not everyone's going to like you because if you're pursuing Christ, the world is not going to love you. But Jesus makes it very clear that we need to make sure that before we come to worship God, and we, before we come to the altar, before we come to Him in prayer, we need to make sure that we reconcile relationships with our brothers and sisters. Verse 24 makes it very clear. Leave your gift there in front of the altar. First, go and be reconciled with your brother or sister. Then come quick and offer your gift. You see, Jesus wants to make sure that we don't have anything else in our lives that is bothering us when we come to the altar, when we come to worship him, when we come ready to give him everything. But he wants us to make sure that we don't prolong this process. As it says, go quickly. Verse 25, even continues on, says, reach a settlement quickly with your adversary while you're on the way with him to the court. Or your adversary will hand over to the judge and to judge the officer and you will be thrown to prison. You see, Jesus is even saying about taking people to court, he wants to make sure, you know, don't don't get to that point. You see, we live in a society today where in, in our as teenagers are fighting in school and murders are up and people are, you know, killing people over small things. We are living in a world where this is just so applicable to us that we need to try to reconcile, where we need to, in some cases, go for help. You see, when you have anger in your heart, who knows what you can do? When you have anger in your heart, you don't think clearly. You don't think straight. You do things that you regret later on. There are many people who are now in prison if you ask them a question why they did what they did, they will probably tell you they don't know why they did. They were angry and they regret what they did. It's because they didn't deal with what the problem really was. It was anger. And sometimes people are killed not even because they have something against that person, but because other relationships are bad. People just snap and cause harm to those who they love. I would challenge you as you consider this, if you're listening to this broadcast, whether you're a young person or an older person, if, you're, if you have an anger problem, you need to deal with it. You need to understand that we have a, a God who can bring peace in your relationship. We have a God who can bring peace in your life. There we have a God who came to this earth to die for us, who sent his son to die for us so that we could have a relationship with him. Does this mean that every relationship is going to be perfect? No. But I can tell you in my own personal life, if I didn't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, I could tell you my life would be a completely different mess. Because I have a God who I can have hope in, a God who I can see a picture of peace, a God who sent his son, Jesus, who as he went to the cross was thrown insults at him, and the Bible says he did not open his mouth. In today's society, if someone says something to you, the first thing people say is you need to get him back. But that's not what Jesus said. That's not what Jesus done as, 
as he went to the cross and as people was, you know, throwing insults and spitting on him, he did not open his mouth. He did the task that his father had set before him to come to this earth to die for people like for you and for me because we struggled with sin. We struggled with the problem that only he can pay the price for. So I would challenge you as you consider these relationships, as you think of a person right now who, you know, I need to make things right with this person. I need to go talk to them. I need to, you know, see what I can do to make things right because I do not want to be a murderer. And again, I'm not talking about taking someone's life, but just having that hatred in your heart against someone that you've already murdered them in your heart and your mind. Because let's be honest, we have a lot of murderers running around this country. We have a lot of murderers running around in different schools because we have so many different broken relationships that we have already have hate toward people. And in some cases, we don't even know why. And in some cases, it's so small that all we have to do is talk things through and we can mend those relationships. Again, this is Pastor Nicholas, and we are going to continue talking about what the Bible says that we must do as we consider talking about how do we manage relationships, as the God's Word is very clear on what we should do as believers. It's time now for today's personal God story. Well, good morning, listeners. I'm pleased this morning again to have my brother and sister in Christ, DeWitt and Sally Simonette with us. Good morning, folks. Good morning, Good, morning. Good to have you here with us. Last time we discussed uh, the beginnings of of your marriage story, how you married at ET here in Nassau after meeting each other in Eleuthera, and uh, you had shared that some of the early problems in your uh, marriage had to do with not taking your, your wedding vows as seriously as you should have, um, not getting any pre-marriage counseling, and having some communication problems and some uh, overworking at a job problems. Uh, and now we're ready to carry your story further and forward. Um, after DeWitt, you mentioned uh, sincerely asking Sally for forgiveness uh, yes. more than once. Yes. And uh, it just not getting any better. Right. Um, what, ha- what happened next? Well, I took sick. Mm-hmm. And I had a serious operation. Mm-hmm. My chances was uh, 85 uh, to 15. I mean, uh, 15 on my side and 85 on the other side. My. I was the youngest bohemian to ever be operated on in the Bahamas for ulcers. For ulcers? Yes. Wow. So I gave myself as a guinea pig mm. for the doctors to do because I couldn't live with it anymore. So. Mm. Going through the separation during that time. The separation itself was painful, mm-hmm. but being sick. It was always said that if someone loved you or cared about you, at least if you were sick, they would come and visit you. Mm-hmm. So at that point, I didn't get no visitation. Of course, she would add to that. She said that she came. When she came to see me, I was under uh, sedation. Right. But I don't have any knowledge of it, but I believe that she did come yeah. to, to see me. So, so that gave me uh, that gave me more degree in light to say, well, um, this look like the end of it. 
You felt it looked like the end of your marriage. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Sally, want to fill in anything there at that point of the story? Yes. He said I didn't come because he was under anesthetic, so he couldn't. Well, he didn't know I was there, but I came to see him. Yes. And um, I prayed with him, but mm -hmm. he didn't know anything about it. Mm -hmm. And um, and I just asked the Lord to um, uh, to help me to forget all our misunderstanding mm -hmm. and um, and make up with him. And um, but it didn't happen. It didn't happen. And I used to always try to call him or go where where he was. Mm -hmm. But he would be running from me. Because he was hurting. He was hurting. And yes. he was busy. Yes. And uh, he didn't understand that you would come yeah. to see him in the hospital. Yes. Boy, there was I a lot. I came twice to the hospital to see him, though. Yes. Yeah. The first time I came, I don't know whether he just had the operation or what, but he didn't know me. And the second time I got, the, the nurse said, well, he's sleeping. You know, I don't want you to disturb him. Yes. So. It was a, I, did, I did come to see him, but yes, he didn't know anything about but it. But he didn't know. And so that kind of put some fuel on his hurt. Yes. And he felt more hurt. Yes. But in fact, you had visited, yeah. but he but was I unaware. Was, yeah. Right. So the court got involved in some way eventually. Yeah. And they issued you um, a unique kind of an order that wasn't a divorce, but it was a freedom to remarry. Is that, do I have that right? Yes. Yeah. So that's something I hadn't heard of before, but, um, that's what happened, right? In those days, yes. 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 So with the passage of time to it, after the court made that order, uh, what happened in your life? Well, uh, pastor, the court made that offer and it, it felt good for the time being. But knowing that um, the Lord, the land, have its uh, orders and God has its orders, even though I was given that green light, yes, I still was, I, I still was convicted. I, I, I knew it wasn't right. Mm -hmm. You know, I knew it wasn't right. Mm -hmm. But then again, um, uh, I went along with it, but I wasn't comfortable. I wasn't happy, and and. Um, this church, it hurt me a lot that I didn't come here. And why I didn't come here? Because, because she would be here and I, I didn't want to hurt her feelings. And neither did I would like to be a distraction right. to the folks who knew us. So I just said, I'll just leave town, leave the country, I mean, leave, this, leave this island, go to another one. And, um, you know, I find it easier to, when you're just not happy to travel. Yes. Yeah. That's very uh, clear what you are saying and how you felt. Sally, how were you feeling at that point when the court did this order? Well, when the court gave the I, I decided to look for him mm. and ask forgiveness mm. and for him to make up. Mm -hmm. But at that time... He was just running away, so I, no matter where I, I called him, he, he didn't. Sometimes he didn't respond. Mm -hmm. Sometimes he would, sometimes he won't. So I just decided, well, he probably don't want me anymore. So I decided to go on. Yes. So yeah. You both had um, a reluctant freedom. Is that fair to say? Yeah. 
Um, and uh, eventually, uh, other people came into your lives. Yes. And and what came of that? Okay, when I met I met my other man. Yes. Ah, uh, yeah, he came into my life, and then I thought, well, after I couldn't locate him, I couldn't get. Do I couldn't lo locate Dewitt, so I thought, well, okay, this guy probably come, and life would be better. Yes. But it was worse. It was worse. It was worse. Trust me. Yes. It was worse. We're going to let you tell more about that in our next uh, broadcast, but let's leave the people hanging so they'll come back <laughs> okay. to hear more. Uh, do it briefly. You, someone else came into your life. Yes. Eventually. Yes. And we'll leave the listeners hanging about that too so okay. they'll come back okay. <laughs> next uh, Sunday. But let's have a word of prayer. Uh, Lord, we realize that sometimes we misunderstand other people's commitment and love to us uh, based on different things, based on confusion, based on poor information, based on inaccurate uh, information. Lord, um, help us who are trying to interpret relationships that are painful to um, believe the best of others and to offer forgiveness, even when not asked for it. Uh, may we honor Jesus in our relationships. We pray this in his name. Amen. Amen. You have been listening to The Echoes of Calvary, a radio ministry of Calvary Bible Church, Nassau, Bahamas. Our morning worship service begins this morning at 10.30 a.m. in the sanctuary located on Collins Avenue. The protocols for this gathering are available on our website at calvarybible.org.bs. You can also receive these protocols by phone Tuesday or Wednesday, 9 a.m. to noon, by calling 326-0800. You may also access the live stream of this morning service today at calvarybible.org.bs or on Facebook at CBC Body. This service will be aired at 10.30 a.m. and replayed at 6 p.m. for your convenience. Feel free to write us at eocradio at gmail.com. That's eocradio at gmail.com. Or write us at P.O. Box N1684, Nassau, Bahamas. And remember... Everyone needs the Savior. Yeah.